up, everybody? It is May 10th, 2018, and I'd like to welcome you to episode five of the Tech Audit TV podcast. My name is Brandon Hassler, and with me is the one and only Matthew Hassler, a.k.a. Matt Hassler. Thank you, sir. How you doing? I'm doing good. It's been As a while. Always. It's been a while. How are you today? I'm, I'm good. I'm just happy to be back, back in the studio. It has been a while. We are recording here at the Stone Sheba Studio, located in the one and only downtown Provo, Utah. A little uh, cloudy, chance of rain tonight, so uh, hopefully that gloom will not reflect itself within this podcast. We're going to make it bright because we got lots of good stuff to talk about. Uh, some of the things that we're going to be discussing today, Google I.O. just happened this past week, so I think we'll be talking a lot of things Google if you hate Google, you might want to wait until next week to hear more about Google, probably. But Google I.O., we're going to talk about some interesting things that have happened there, some of our uh, thoughts and commentary on that. Uh, Gmail finally rolled out their new interface. We're going to talk about some of the things we like and dislike. And uh, Facebook might be rolling out a dislike button. That is something I thought would never happen, and it still may never happen, but we'll talk more about that. And then uh, for, for you gamers out there, we're going to be talking a little bit about Steam rolling out some big updates for mobile users, which is all of us. So it kind of involves any of us who enjoy games and have a cell phone. So uh, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and uh, kick into the show. Let's start with Google I.O. Did you actually watch the keynote or just catch highlights? I caught highlights. I was planning on watching the keynote, and then I was not able to watch it. So I did watch a lot of highlight videos, a lot of 10-minute recaps, 15-minute recaps. What was the most interesting thing? Of all of the things they talked about, what caught your eye the most? The, uh, what did they call it? Duplex. The, I think Google that's the Duplex. one that got the most news, for sure. That got a lot, which Is I'm surprised. Google officially creating artificial, real human-mimicking intelligence. And I'm pretty sure it freaked everybody right the hell out. It was pretty cool. I wonder how many, how many recording. So supposedly I haven't actually gone to it, but if you go to Google's like official blog, they actually have released a lot more calls. If you want to like dig in, listen to a bunch of calls. I haven't had a chance. I that one I heard with the hair salon. Uh, the one that really impressed me was they, the one they showed right after, like the Chinese restaurant, or at least I assume a Chinese, like a very hard to understand accent. I myself would not have known what she was saying. And uh, the fact that it dealt with kind of like an awkward situation so well, it just, it was like too good to be true. Yeah. I, I, and that's the interesting part. I mean, they're claiming that's completely real. They're claiming, so I guess in the next couple of days, we'll find out if any of that was doctored at all. I don't know. I would think, I can't imagine Google would feel comfortable yep. doing that if that wasn't totally legit, but maybe they did handpick it from a bunch of them. I don't know. But it's impressive, yeah, because the the call goes south quick, and all AI, like every every time you get a demo of this stuff for the past ten years, it's always that optimal scenario, mm -hmm. and then you go to use it, and it never works. So, I guess that could still be the case. But the impressive thing is here is that that call goes south immediately for people who didn't hear it. Basically, the the first video, the first one they do is the assistant calling in. And it's using a regular voice, too. It's not like the Google Assistant voice. Yep. This freaks me out because they've been recording our voices with our permission and putting together profiles of our voices 
So I'm guessing that's going to be your voice. That's going to be one of the big announcements in a couple years is, oh, by the way, it's your voice. <laughs> Which, interesting. why we don't have laws around this stuff already is hmm. insane. We already should have, like, l- legislators should be talking about, hey, what bills do we need to turn into laws that makes it so you can't do certain things with AI? The fact that we're not there but yet But you'd be is giving insane. it your permission, like... Well, that's the point, though. Like, so what Google, there should be laws around what Google can do with that, because right now we give away. So I'm, I'm, I'm veering off. We can come back. I, I was starting to tell the story. I know I'm going off a different path here, <laughs> but this is important. Actually, this is an interesting. This is a more interesting topic. I would say. Yeah. Now with this stuff, um, is part of the problem with uh, the Android store, the apps in general, and just all apps in general, is. You want to download an app and you want to use it. So you just give permission. I did this the other day. Um, PUBG, I think. I'm trying to think of the app. For some reason, needed me to give explicit permission to... Um, oh, it was not as simple as record. Uh, it was uh, It was like control your camera or something. It was very explicit. Like, creeped me out. I saw no reason to do it. And I was like, I'm definitely not going to keep this on my phone now very long. Mm-hmm. But I gave it permission simply because I had to to play the game. If I didn't do it, it dropped me, right? So when, the, when, when apps first came out, it was just, you know, all or nothing. Every permission they asked. Now there's a little bit of tailoring. But there's a recognition, like, people are going to tend to just give permission to apps under the assumption that, that these guys have vetted the developers to some extent. And we've proven now that that's not the case. And even though over time they're vetting people, um, we know that things were worse than they were even before. Because during this same conference, one of the big things that came out that wasn't necessarily an announcement, it was more something people noticed, is they said, hey, with Android P, uh, announcement to to developers, no longer will you be allowed to use data. You're not going to be allowed to see the data from people's phones when the app is running in the background. And the developers, it's so that's like a uh, crap. And to the public, it's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, yep. that was news to us. We didn't, you know what I mean? I think we all assumed it. We joke about it. But when you find out about it, you're like, holy crap. They really weren't, Google knew about this. Like, they were okay with this. I'm not okay with this. Like, that was one of those moments where I was like, shame on you, Google. Because they would have never come out and said before explicitly, oh, by the way, the the operating system that we claim is the safest on the planet, every bit as safe as uh, iOS and I'm not, and Apple's not any better with this. Um, they just share it with less third party developers, but, uh, that it's a problem. I guess the reason I bring it up is, is we should be looking at this and saying, okay, people are going to assume there's laws guiding what these guys can do with my voice. So there should be laws around that. That's the, I guess that's my point. Like there should be, there's, we should, we, we should be ahead of the game. But even if they make laws, it's like you said, people don't read the terms and right. conditions, because a, 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 a Congress or whoever, lawmakers will come out and say, users have to, in order for you to use their voice, they have to agree to it. And you have to make that very clear. They can make that very clear and have 10 different pop-ups. And people are just going to say, agree, 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 because they want to use the new cool feature. But that's feature. because we operate in a world where, yeah, I can say yes. So I it's say more yes education than it is laws, I no, think. No, no, no. It's be- like, it's because we're in, it's a digital world. So it's like, uh, if I hit you. I get in trouble, right? Because we established those laws, right? Yeah. So that's what keeps me from hitting you unless I have to hit you. There has to be laws explicitly stating that developers can go to jail. There's real physical consequences 
if they do X, you know what I mean? So if your voice and not just if they do, but, and I know this is going to slow tech growth. So people hate the talk of this stuff, but when you like the idea of uh, someone just creating an app and then pulling all this data from Google that can, that can basically mimic you, your voice and get you in trouble, they should have to show that they can keep that secure before they even get the permission. You know what I mean? Because otherwise yeah. like, this is what we make Visa and all these guys do. And granted, they're too big. They should get punished more when there's data breaches and stuff. But the fact that we're handing this, it's like, it's just scary. I guess the point is we, we should be ahead of the curve talking about what can AI do and what can it not do just so everyone's aware. Um, it, they don't even need to enforce these yet, but we don't even need to pass laws yet. We should just be talking about it. And it's not being talked about. We're talking about everything but that. I can see that. And it's scary. It's like someone can literally mimic you Exactly. And I know I'm going, I'm going a bit down the crazy train, but it, it is what it is. So the, the, the news of Google Duplex, which is assistant making phone calls on, on your behalf, overall was pretty well received from a positive light. Like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, for the most part, this is going to mean uh, better things. However, there's still always backlash. There's a lot of uh, people on Twitter who say that this is something that uh, Google needs to disclose to the person. Basically, people want to know that they feel that Google has kind of a moral obligation to disclose to the person on the phone that you are talking to a robot because the, you know, robo call calls are nothing new and it's either a very robotic voice and you can tell or there's kind of a disclaimer like, hi, I am a uh, you know, pre-recorded thing, whatever, like Google's trying to make this sound very natural. Like you actually have an actual assistant and some people feel that there's kind of a, uh, there, Google has that moral obligation. Are you in that fence? Like, would you, if you hung up the phone and then you found out two days later that, Oh, that conversation that someone called your store, that was actually AI calling you. Would you be like, Oh, how dare they? A little bit like, and again, I'm not on the fence of let's just start creating laws, but it's a, it's a very important discussion to have because, so I'm a small business owner and for sure that it, that went very smoothly, that phone call, just like we talked about. Yeah. Um, but if I'm on the other end of that and I'm paying somebody to, to field that phone call, you know, um, and they're being polite, they're, they're going to take a little longer and be polite. Yeah. Well, if it's the AI causing the problem. I want to be aware of that so that person can, you know, start giving some very quick, abrupt commands to get this thing over with, you know, but you can't do that with a human. You, you got to be polite to him. You want to be polite to him. Yeah. Because they're human. Um, that like, there's just, there's a difference between artificial intelligence and people. And, and that's the hope is that the lines don't get blurred. And that's where these laws come in is like, start creating basic laws where we, we, we determine right now, you know, artificial intelligence is, is legal to create, to aid humanity. It is not humanity because if you don't create that, you're going to have, there's already people arguing that there's no difference. Where does mm -hmm. that leave us? It's just a poor decision. But anyway, I, so yeah, I don't feel there should be any laws yet until this stuff is, really like starting to be rolled out. But the point is it's going to be rolled out pretty soon. So we should be talking about that. And, and I don't know. Yeah. Th there's a little part of me that says that it's important to know that you're talking to uh, a robot. Yeah. The problem though, is if you open up the call and say something like, hi, this is Google assistant. I'm calling on behalf of 
Brandon, I need to set up an appointment. That might right there hang up the phone call, and now your assistant is not as effective. Um, so this this is where this is where Silicon Valley, this is where the whole tech industry has a bad rap. Is they love bringing this stuff this stuff up because it helps them, right? What I would say to that is, okay, then don't roll your stuff out until it's better. But that would cost us more money. Yeah, it would. You've been making a lot of money off of us for a long time. We're all buying all their products and basically using them as R&D, you know, yeah. instead of actually making our lives better. We get to keep, we're paying money to be the guinea pigs. I think it's, I think like. But couldn't this be the, like they said they've been working on this for years. Could this have been And we've been supplying that, all the data for them yeah. for free. Like when, you, when it rolls out, don't you think it's like, do you think it's going to be, do you think the internet's going to be flooded with like embarrassing phone calls and conversations that went south with a robot? Kind of like with, uh, I think yeah. Microsoft's Cortana, the people started having, they basically trained Cortana or is it Cortana or Cortana? Yeah. Cortana was like turned into a Nazi like yeah. instantly. And so it showed how, okay, this was not ready for yeah. the world yet. Are we going to see that or is Google far I mean, because they have access to so much more information than Microsoft, than Apple, uh, is the machine learning already leagues above to where it's indistinguishable from a human? Well, dude, if you think about this for a minute, there's so many scenarios where this can be problematic if they don't have really good control over it first. You already, people, we already have head, uh, phone systems where I can just pay money to have a system just robo-dial, and mm -hmm. then the human just sits there. And so instead of them having to click out numbers, it just spams people. And then they only hear a noise if it actually connects, right? Mm -hmm. That's bad enough. So when that technology came out, which it's been out for years, that increased spam calls. I've read it's up, up something. I don't know the number. It was some absurd number that like complaints about spam phone calls are up this year. Um, like, you know, to the FCC or whoever they, you complain to for that stuff. Think about this. Now scammers can try to scam you and they don't even have to have an individual sitting there trying to scam you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so you get a phone call, you think it's a real person and really it's just some guy who set up 20 Gmail accounts, you know, and created, and ha so he has AI. Now, now one individual can run an entire scam outfit, you know, from, from his one, it's going to become harder and harder to stop that person. If he can literally pack up his operation, you know, in a suitcase and, and, and go across the street right now, at least they have to have five or six people get up and move. Or if it's only one guy, he can only get so many phone calls through. Yeah. So it, well, you're seeing that with chat bots too. Yeah. I mean, that's more in the inbound range, but uh, chat bots obviously do a lot of machine learning. And so you can have essentially like a customer support team that's just fielding questions about your scam product. Like, Oh yeah. Like great question. And then they, they know that the machine learning knows all the sales tactics yeah. and just sit there and hard sell all day. This fake product. Well, let me ask you this. What's the point of having, what's the point of having this AI call and book? Like if the place is accepting of well, the, artificially a booking things, wouldn't they just be online doing that? Not necessarily. Like you think about how many small businesses would love to accept stuff online, but for one reason, the other, the owner's too busy. They don't really have the time to get into that, but you can call and then book. So I think Google's just kind of realizing like, we're probably never going to have the day where every business is on line, like accepting bookings, even though a lot of them probably are open to it. They just don't want to have to deal with all the technology and the fees. So let's just go around it and we're just going to automate the human side to call and schedule something kind of like with DP cheesesteaks. Like you can now have a, an AI say, hi, I'd like to order six 
cheesesteaks for my client. Okay, right. what do you, would you like? The first one would be this, 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 this. At the end of the day, DP cheesesteaks more money makes more money, and that person didn't have to sit on the phone for five minutes calling out the order. So like both sides win. Well, I but see that's where I would say if it goes as smoothly as what they presented, then both sides win. Yeah, I just don't see like I don't. So you're see more that. skeptical of. I don't think it's going to be as flawless as it was on stage. Well, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm extremely impressed with it. Like. By no means was that a small feat. That's huge. I mean, that's incredible what it did. Like, yeah. completely incredible. At the same time, I, you have to think like a scammer to not get scammed, basically. Like, you learn that pretty quick. You've, you've been in the restaurants with me, working there. Like, you know that's just kind of how, that's how we avoid scammers to some extent, is you got to think in terms of what is a normal customer, like a good customer, the person that I like, do what I do for what, how do they think and act compared to the person who's just there to scam me? And there's very clear differences between the two. And this is a tool scammers will use period. So I'm not saying but don't use it. I'm just saying you're saying use this type of technology or use this Google duplex specifically. Well, yeah. The, I mean, Google duplex specific. Cause if it's attached to an account, like cause duplex, it sounds like will only call like, I, I'm sure it has a limited amount of command. It's not like you'd be able to like, grab the technology of Google duplex and then, you know, turn it into like open source type thing. And okay, now we can train it to make sales calls for my business. Right. You would have to go through like another provider unless like you'd always have to go through Google. Um, I mean, there's other machine learning technologies out there, but Google has the advantage of having all sorts of data. They're making this for a consumer type person well, calling businesses. And I guess that's my point is I, I'm not like, I let me back up. If it sounds like I'm being way too harsh, I'm more just being realistic, which is saying people have the right, I think, if they don't want to be online and they don't want to deal with automated, all the problems that come along with automation, you're, as a business owner, you're making a very explicit decision to say, I don't want to deal with all of the problems that come with automation, despite all of the good things that come. Sometimes, believe it or not, you, the problems outweigh the benefits or they hurt your core customer base at the time and you're just not ready for it. And this is, to me, the same. It's, it's just the same thing. You know what I mean? Only less convenient because now one of my people has to take time on that call. So if the call goes quick and it goes right, what you're saying is totally right. Saves everybody time. It's a good thing. Real orders get called in in a new way. It's a real person behind it. So, so it's great. I just question that it will go that smoothly and that it won't be abused by people. And, and all of a sudden, my phone's ringing off the hook with problematic phone calls and now real customers aren't getting through because I'm hung up on a conversation with a robot that's you know kicked into a loop but I don't dare go off on it because it might be a real person and I'm not sure I need to know that is AI so I can okay I'm gonna hang up they're just gonna have to call back yeah and I'm not being rude to somebody you know because you don't want you don't want to do that to a real customer because because you value your real customers they support you you know so yeah. I, I'm I guess I'm, I'm just on the skeptical uh, side today when I saw it. But I, I mean, I was with uh, my wife when we saw it and we were listening to it driving around and both, I mean, the reaction was just like, holy crap, that's hmm. insane. Like, I think everybody when they saw it was pretty mind boggled by it. It was pretty crazy. And one thing that was interesting as well, uh, as they were talking about Google Duplex is uh, with like business hours for restaurants or not just restaurants, but any business. Did you see that part of Google duplex, like calling businesses 
So you'll have like hours. So for example, uh, I want to go eat somewhere. It's getting late. I want to know what time the business closes. Uh-huh. And I say, okay, they close at 10 p.m. But what if it's Memorial Day or what if it's July 4th? Uh, some businesses take the time to actually go into their Google local account and clarify like, yes, Memorial Day, we're open from the, this to this. Um, and so you always see that like hours may vary because of Memorial Day. And most businesses, I would imagine, do not take the time to go and update for certain holidays and stuff like that. So now that Google has this technology, they said one thing that they'll be doing is they'll be using this to call all the businesses around these holidays. Um, So DP cheesesteaks will likely, like for example, in July 4th, assuming they're already ruling this out by then, get a call saying, hi, I was just calling to see what your hours were uh, tomorrow, July 4th. Oh yeah, we open at 11 a.m. and and we close at uh, 9 p.m. just like usual. Okay, thanks very, thank you very much. And then they're going to go ahead and update the Google search listing and verify it by Google. And now that just saved time for millions of people calling a business. So now they're yeah. able to use that to basically verify their listings. These, so the odds of you getting a phone call in the near future are pretty high, according to Google. See, and that bothers me because I control that right now. I'm the only you, well, technically you have access to my. Yeah, <laughs> to my well, I stuff. think they they would. Uh, it's not going to override what you're saying. They're just saying like, the businesses veri- who, they want to verify it. Okay. Yeah, the businesses who are not logging in around these holidays to verify that yes, Memorial Day we are doing this. They're going to go ahead and take initiative. Okay, we're just going to call your business, figure it out ourselves, and then verify it uh, yeah. on there. So I'm sure they'll have some type of disclaimer saying like Google verify, like we called this place. Because otherwise, it'll just give the hours and it'll guess. And then always says like, you know, may change due because of Memorial Day or, or whatever the holiday is. As long, I, I would say I, I, it's in Google's best interest. So I hope they do this. As long as they give easy ways for business owners to verify their address, you know, so if I miss the Google call, I just happen to not be able to answer when they call. I, I would hope that that doesn't make my listing unverified suddenly as opposed to verified yeah. You know, well, I don't think they're going to call you. They're just calling the store. Right. But I'm saying, what if they call the store when my employees can't answer, you know, before hours, it's unfair. I, I just, I hope that that is done in a way where you're not penalizing people. It would un- probably just stay the same. Like we think this, these are the hours, but it may change. And yeah. then if they get the verification, yes, we've actually called and confirmed. You get worried. It, to me, it's Google's, it's in their best interest long-term to have their search engine always be the the free open version, you know, where even when they offer things, you should never feel like you have to use their products. And to this point, that's not the case. You know, I don't feel that way, mostly because a lot of their stuff just never is adopted for some reason. Bloggers never been as big as WordPress. They're like their own uh, sites creator just has never had a any commercial success, you know, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. So I like the fact that they offer all these things, but you don't feel forced, unlike some other review type sites that rhyme with help, um, where you're like, okay, I got to do things their way or they're going to penalize me. It's like a mob, you know what I mean? Or a mafia. Like it's, I just hope Google like never gets to the point where you get extremely penalized for not going along with all this stuff. It's more of a... If you have a legit business, we're always going to support you and index you properly. But if you do take these steps to help customers, there are benefits. You know what yep. I'm saying? As opposed to like, oh, sorry, you don't do the, you're not, you're not in on this. Like we're going to penalize you and kick you out. Yeah. 
That makes sense. I just, I, I like the idea of them being that. So, and, 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 and here's the thing. I have no reason. I guess at this point, I have no reason to think that they're going down the evil road. I'm more just concerned. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't go that way. Well, uh, so that's Google Duplex. And that was one of the most talked about things from Google I.O. Uh, I do have an article pulled up here just as a refresher for my own brain. This is from TechCrunch. Eight big announcements from uh, the Google I.O. conference. Another one that I thought uh, was interesting that has been a pet peeve of mine is continued conversation. So this is something that's already been um, in, in existence for, for quite some time on mobile search. Uh, and that is the ability to ask a question like, how old is uh, Donald Trump? And then it will give you the answer. And then you can just ask right back saying, uh, how old is his wife? I never said Melania Trump, but it will know that, okay, you were talking about Donald Trump. You said wife, uh, the wife is this. However, on uh, Google Home and Google Home Mini, that is not the case. And it's very annoying because you can't really have a natural conversation. This was one area that uh, Google, or sorry, um, Amazon Echo was a, a lot better at, which is funny because Google's a search company. You would think they would already have this available. But if I asked a question, I would then have to then again say, you know, hey, Google or okay, Google, and then ask the question again. And then I had to just keep saying that trigger phrase to wake it up. So now your home or your home mini will listen for eight seconds after it gives you an answer for you to keep talking to it. And it will understand, you don't need to like specify stuff. Like, so if I said, uh, what was the score of the jazz game? It'll tell me the answer. I can then just say, when do they play next? And it will tell me the next time. I don't need to say, hey, Google or okay, Google, and then specify the jazz again. Um, you can turn that off, obviously, if you don't want it to keep listening eight seconds every time. Uh, and you, uh, if you want to just end the conversation, you can just say thank you or, or something like that. And it'll stop listening. Uh, the other cool thing was, uh, did you see like the pretty please mode that they're no, no, pushing out? So again, I believe this is something that Alexa already does, uh, but it's it's primarily for like families and kids because you know kids are growing up in this interesting era where AI is like going to be a part. It's almost like another family member in the home, and yeah. what you don't want is your kids getting used to like bossing around your assistant. And that naturally flows into their everyday conversations where it's just like, hey, I ask you this, you give me an answer type thing. So you can turn on and I, I checked my, it hasn't updated for me yet. It's supposed to be pushed out pretty soon, uh, if not already, but um, it's called pretty please mode is what Google is calling it. But basically it will force you to uh, speak to it kindly. Uh, so, so saying something like, could you please tell me what the score of the jazz game is? And then it will affirm your, your, your niceness saying something like, thank you for asking so nicely. The jazz, the score of the jazz game is this. Uh, but if you just like start demanding stuff, it won't answer. Like you have to say please and thank you and stuff like that. So it's, it's teaching people to, um, and that's not to speak. You can turn that off. It. You can turn it on. It's an option. So if you okay. don't want to like have to always say please and stuff like that, you don't have to do that, but basically it's a way for families. You can just optionally turn it on. It'd be cool if you could have it. I mean, maybe it already does this, but I don't believe it does where it can use voice detection. So if it's the parent asking, yeah, you can just be a bossy person, but if it detects another voice or a younger voice and it's like, what do you say? Like, please, thank you for saying, please. Uh, yeah, wow, that's yada, another yada. man. These are like, uh, ethics professors are probably just loving this cause they have so much content. 
now to talk about in their classes because it really it's one of those things where it's like yeah you know what that's actually i like it because there's that good social impact of you know oh wow you can almost force people to learn manners and it, and then there's the side of you that goes so the robots want us to be nice to them huh they, yeah. they want us to say please when we ask them like it you know it's it, like the the ability that these tools that were just announced have to just completely change humanity are they're staggering it's it's an, it's very interesting. Yeah, and the other um, interesting thing was with uh, Google Photos, and I'll I'll kind of combine two things. You've got Google Photos, and then you've got Google Lens. I believe Lens is yeah. what it is. Which Lens is already on my phone, um, but it's not super like it, you have to take a picture. Still, I take a picture of the Eiffel Tower. I hit Lens. It scans it. Oh, you're looking at the Eiffel Tower. Here's some information. Um, now it Google lens can be viewed in a live mode. So as I, all I have to do is just literally pull And did you see any of this stuff with lens? I I saw a little bit of it, but yeah, now you can just open up your camera. It's built right in. You don't need to take a picture. You don't need to start recording anything. Uh, and and, you know, standing here in the street, I could just hover over. And as I hover over the Thai restaurant over here, uh, using augmented reality above the restaurant will pop up, you know, 4.7 stars, this many reviews, this type of food. And you can just literally scan across the businesses and any businesses that are listed on Google local will start popping up. Uh, you can also, if you're in someone's home or maybe I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at all this uh, equipment in here and I, I, I'm interested in, in some of these items. All I have to do with my camera is I just slowly start panning and it will identify all of the objects in real time and you'll start having these little dots over each one. So I could click on the dot, dot right here and I'll be like, oh, this is a MacBook Pro, a 2015, whatever. Oh, this is a Zoom X6 or H6, all that kind of stuff. So even looking at someone's home, like, oh, wow, I love this home. Oh, that's the lamp. And it'll show me similar lamps that, that are for sale and whatnot. So that's huge search impl- implications for businesses. It'll be interesting to see from a marketing perspective perspective, how that influences, um, stuff in the future where it's like, how do we, uh, make sure that our product is listed within Google lens so that when someone hovers over a good looking lamp, ours is one that is also recommended. Are they going to favor like Google shop sponsors and, and whatnot? That kind of stuff will be interesting. But the other thing with the camera, with the color, color correction might be the wrong word, but you can make it so uh, old black and white photos. I saw that, yeah. It'll colorize automatically them. colorize those, which is, it'll be interesting to see how that actually works on like thousands and millions and, of and photos. It, yeah, I mean, you technically, that exists already, but yeah. With like the, videos. It, it, most of this, it's just, it's all stuff that's been around. It's just automating it. Yeah. But AR, I mean, um, and so I haven't watched the whole thing. Was, did, was that their main AR announcement? Was it around Google Lens? Was that? Uh, it seemed like it. Yeah, well, and then Maps. Maps now has oh, okay. AR built in. So uh, that was the other thing was um, with Maps, you're in a new city and it says go south, turn south on this street, but you don't really know which way is south. Uh, so you can actually hold your maps up and it'll give you, you know, you're just looking through your phone at what your camera is looking at and it will actually like have the lines on the actual street for you. And I think I saw something where you can add like characters and stuff like there'd be a fox in front of you and the fox starts running down that street. So it's like, we'll just yeah, follow cool. the Fox. And then, uh, yeah. that's, that's where you go. But yeah, so that's all kind of built maps, uh, essentially got a big update. And I'm, I think I, I'm curious to see if this will also be available for iOS as well, because maps is also released the new, I think they called it your maps. I'm not sure if you saw that, which is basically kind of a huge, huge hit to Yelp. I think obviously Google already has like the review side, 
but which is getting bigger. It's getting bigger. It's, it's still not to the level Yelp's at, but yeah. And I think the only thing keeping Yelp alive is the fact that there's still the default integration with iOS. But uh, the cool thing is, you know, there's so many times I'm, I'm always sick of eating at the same five places. And then every now and then you get bored and you're just like, hey, Google, what restaurant or where should I eat tonight? And then usually it just kind of defaults to the restaurants within the next, you know, the nearest mile to you. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you will like it there. And just because a place has 4.5 stars doesn't mean that you're going to enjoy it. So Google, using all the information they know about you, will actually start having match scores on places. So I could pull up a DP cheesesteaks or, or a Thai restaurant and it'll actually say, oh, this has a 96% match to your taste based off the places that you go. I would assume if you're leaving reviews at places that would make it even more accurate. That's um, helpful. Cause like, I don't know how often you look at our reviews, but like I get them all dinged right to our uh -huh. phone. And for sure, Google reviews are still overwhelmingly positive um, because people's real names for the most part are attached to them. Yep. Um, or they're either really, really positive or really, really negative. You don't get those three stars a lot. And I respect the three stars. We had, we got one the other day. It was a, actually one of the better, like most in-depth reviews I've seen about our restaurant. Um, the guy, I mean, it's like two paragraphs long. Guy gives us this great review, but not like a raving lunatic fan, like who just loved it. You know, when I say lunatic fan, by the way, lunatic fans are my favorite. Hmm. Those are my best buds. I say that in a very good way <laughs> but but he's like he clicked he liked his experience he was surprised by how good it was you know so he goes off a really really good review and then he gives us three stars and i don't think it was accidental i think foodies they think three stars is a good review you know what mm -hmm. i mean they want to save four and five stars for um like high fine dining experiences and i get where they're coming from because what he's saying is for 10 bucks, this place was as good as it gets. But he wants to save the four and the five stars for when you're thinking about spending 50 to $100 on mm -hmm. a meal. And I get that. I think, I think that's a legitimate uh, reason, you know, to save those four and five stars. The problem is it hurts me technically because most people, when they pull up my ratings, it, you know, they want to see that I'm a 4.6 or whatever. And that three kind of kills you. But Uber's in this, like, this is a big thing with Uber right now. Like, I didn't even know this until a few months ago that you have to be four stars. You have to have a four star rating to keep driving. Oh, I didn't know that. And so, yeah, you have to have a four star rating to keep driving. So there's this huge pressure. People will give people five star ratings constantly just because they feel bad and they, they worry that they're going to get some, there's going to be retaliation against them. Um, but there's a whole episode of, uh, if you, yeah, if you want to know where this stuff, how it's going to, kill us all and cause problems. Just watch Black Mirror. There's hmm. an entire episode about this where everyone feels obligated to five-star each other and then you get a one-star and you're shunned from society. So I like that. That's actually kind of cool where it's like if they have the ability to split that out and say, hey, based on your tastes, this place would be great. But because yep. everyone's tastes are different. Yep. Yeah, three-star review. That's one thing I've learned. Anytime I buy a product online... I skip the five stars, the four, like no one leaves a fake three-star review. They're either leaving a very hateful one star or they're trying to fluff their numbers, whether yeah. it's an agency or the owner creating fake accounts and they're all five stars. I always have to read at least like five three-star reviews because they're generally, they kind of, they take time to like point out the pros and cons. So 
But yeah, with Uber, I feel like Uber is in big trouble. Did you see that uh, Google announced like Waymo? Have you heard of Waymo? I've, yeah. So they're starting That's in their Phoenix is their first city, which I think next month you can start ordering Waymo and a driverless car will just pull up. Um, oh. They're all like these like little minivans that kind of look like no one's in the car with you. See, I got problems with driverless cars too. There's just, there's, there's an ethical thing where like if I get hit by a car or if my kid gets hit by a car, there is comfort knowing it was a human. Like, I, I know that's weird, but there's that part of you that's like. But they're, the, the studies are showing that driverless cars are safer overall than a human. For sure. But there's that time where when you get, like when it hits your kid, you know, or you, like you got to wonder like what could have been done different. Like, you know, was it programmed? There, it opens up so many capabilities. I just feel like we should be little more careful than we are. They should at least restrict these. But even if they're not going fast, that thing could just out of nowhere, a glitch goes off and the thing just revs up. I think the whole car itself should be limited on its ability, like how fast it can go top speed. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, but I still think you're going to have more. Oh. If, you, if I had a world of human drivers and a world of pure self-driving cars, I'd take the self-driving. Well, I mean, that's like saying... Hey, if I just stay home and close the door and don't do anything, you know. Yeah, if you think I'll, of all the drunk drivers out there, texting and driving is becoming well, even worse than drunk driving. So is this going to, but, but if this might make it so everyone, like if people are drinking way more because they can now, all I'm saying is, again, I'm, I'm only, I'm playing devil's advocate to some extent because you know I think this stuff is pretty cool. But it's just that it yeah, I'm going to have to find a new co-host. There was something weird about this where it, it was it, it, before it was fun to talk about because it never felt so real. You know what I mean? Yeah, now I'm watching it right yeah, now. Now it's so real. That conference like was so powerful in the sense that just a few things I saw from it were so good and so like, holy crap, it's here that it really made you think about how do these things affect the world around us? It's about to change completely. So, I mean, yeah, small businesses, like if everyone's driving around, like you don't have the ability to just wander through streets, you know, I'll just take the side street. Then, you know what I'm saying? It, it yeah. kind of forces everyone to become super, super tech oriented. So it is what it is. Some, you just got to, I think it, to some extent people so have to So let me ask you this. If, uh, if a self-driving fleet came to the Provo area or, or Utah, would you take advantage and it was affordable pricing i'd use it uh, yeah i'm just saying because think of all the work you can get done you drive from your house to south jordan oh yeah and, and the cars have wi-fi in them i would take the front like you know in utah for mm -hmm. anyone who's outside of utah listening to this look up utah front runner um it's one of the cooler things there's not i mean there's stuff like it in the world but most people don't have access to something as convenient as that and it you know between the two cities salt lake and provo like kind of the main hub cities um well and it goes clear up to ogden right doesn't uh, it? i think so now so it's like a 70 mile span i don't know we'd have to look it up but basically you can hop on it's very affordable and it's just a train passenger train that just shoots you straight up there with very few stops the problem is when you get off now if you're not within walking distance of one of their hubs you're like well what do i do i don't have a car yeah so once now with this you know because like my south jordan store is 15 minutes off the freeway so I can't take front runner there because when I get off, I have no way to get to my, my restaurant. Yeah. But I could do this now. I could, I could get off and have a, a driverless car 
Well, they technically have buses there. there, but then you're limited to bus stops versus I, a driverless car could take you exactly yeah. to the front of the well, store. Well, I've run the, like the time, when you talk about time and not just money, that bus from there to there takes twice as long. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's a like four mile drive and it takes an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Compared to, I can go 30, 40 miles. Then you're riding with borderline homeless people. Well, it is. Oh, are you talking about on UTA or? Yeah. That's. <laughs> Not on. They're not going to be on these driveless cars. But yeah, my uh, my uh, Bridget, well, I like homeless people. They're nice. The other concern with those is like you order it for your kid. Like, oh, it's going to go pick up the kids from soccer practice. What's going to stop the creepy pedophile in the neighborhood from hopping in the car? Are they going to use like Nest type technology where it identifies the faces going in? It's like, oh, this is not a face yes. that we recognize. So now the car has. This to is shut what I'm down. talking about. We got to re- we got to think these things. But through I think that's why society. they're launching in a, a city like Phoenix. Where yeah. it's big enough to get a lot of data, but it's also not like San Francisco or the whole country at once. We'll see what goes on. So yeah, Phoenix I mean, yeah. is the guinea pigs I, here. So many good things can come out of this, but I think I think all these things just kind of magnify existing human problems and make them worse. So we've got to be careful to not yeah. go nuts with them instantly. But AR, I I I do hope. I was hoping to see something about Google Glass. And as far as I know, there was nothing on there, right? I think Google Glass is like Google Glass, like the actual glasses you wear. Because here's the deal. Like AR is the most exciting thing to me. Yeah. As far as like technology. And so they got into it with lens. But as far as something that's truly useful that I could use for my home and my business, imagine if you could hold up your phone um, and, and the AR hovers over a cupboard you have that's stacked really, really deep. And now instead of having to pull all that crap out, you went through that already and, and created a filing system so you know what's back there. But you know, get what I'm saying? You could do that now on paper, but it's yep. just not realistic. This, this if you could just hover over, you know, uh, a shelf at your house and then put, okay, here's what's in there. And now all I got to do is ho- hover over it again. Great. Now imagine having, if you have glasses on and it becomes super convenient to do that in a warehouse, you know, um, so that training is the big area. It's not something I view as something you wear all the time but that you, you wear them for training and for like, you know, you're doing, you're doing your quarterly checklist on your house. You throw on your, your glasses and walk around your house and it just highlights, every, you just look around your house and it highlights everything that needs to be taken care of. There's just so many ways. I, I feel AR is going to be like the most useful tool and maybe that's why they're trying to get it right. I don't know. It's not as, it's just not as exciting as yeah. VR, but it's a lot more useful. That is true. That is one thing that reminded me of with the camera. Another cool thing was uh, you no longer have to like download like a third party scanning app. If you're scanning documents, you can just take a picture of a document. It recognizes it's a document and it'll allow you to save it as a PDF. I saw that to your phone. And the example they used was surprising because it wasn't like a straight, nice photo of a document. It was like a piece of paper from, you know, like an angle of like sitting on a chair and it took a picture and then it automatically yeah. raised it up. And then selectable text was the other cool thing with like taking a picture of a receipt and then immediately being able to like highlight yeah. or, or a book. And then you don't have to like type out the quote. You can just take a picture of the book, grab that paragraph, bam, share it on Facebook. That's super useful for notes because I have that all the time where I take a picture of notes on the board, but then I don't ever use them because I'm not going to go through and you know yep. take them all off. So that's, yeah, I love, I saw that. It already kind of does that though, the whole angle thing. It's just not automated. But right now you can... I take pictures of receipts and stuff 
and it will not only let me crop it on the sides, but you can fully change the angle and it is amazingly accurate. But whenever I upload those, it's always a picture. So the whole PDF thing, though it's, it's weird. Those little things like that, that generally people just kind of, it's not real exciting. Yeah. I'm going to use that more than anything we talked about more than anything they showed. Like just that ability to have a, uh, my pictures uploaded as PDFs automatically is huge. Yeah. So useful. That was, uh, yeah, the camera. Yeah. I think this, the, the theme of this conference was, I think it was a big shift for Google and not that this is like the first time they're doing it, but it really separates Apple and Google. Uh, Apple, I, I still feel like is very focused on the hardware and the looks and, and, the, and the design quality. And I think Google has realized like, we're never really going to win that battle against Apple. Like, let's take it a whole different step. And, and Microsoft's been trying to go this step, like becoming like an AI company. So it's like, yeah, your, your hardware might be expensive and nice, but my phone is so incredibly smart that my time is way more like it's, it's, it's all about what can your phone do for you. And I really like that. And, and Google already has like the cheap options, like this kind of stuff I think is going to bring about a lot more change than, uh, Apple. So I'm curious to see, cause everyone's just kind of like, man, this makes Siri look really, really bad right now. And I don't see Apple anytime soon coming out with anything because they're not sitting on top of the data that Google has with being the number one browser. Um, and, uh, and then also, uh, you know, they have the, the largest reach with their phones. They have the world's largest search engine, the second largest search engine with YouTube. Like there's so much data that they have, I just don't ever see Apple getting anywhere close in terms of uh, the sophisticated yeah. AI. Well, and that's a good segue into our commentary on Gmail earlier that we were talking about. It's almost now, now it makes me wonder, was Google purposely making the new Gmail less attractive to yeah, I was just really surprised. further distance themselves from? Because <laughs> they came out with a calendar design, redesigned, which is kind of like their updated material design. It's a little bit more like the new YouTube it looked really good. So I was expecting that for Gmail. And yeah, when I switched to the new Gmail, the features are cool, the snooze, and uh, they're supposedly testing a kind of a self-destruct mode where you can send a message and then it automatically deletes yeah, from both accounts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that, that compose button at the top, like that round, like pill size. I already got it on my Chromebook. Look at that. Button. Yeah, it just sucks. It looks like it's 10, 15 years old. Overall, it was just a really ugly design. I don't know if you use inbox at all, but anyone can just type in inbox.google.com and your account automatically, and you can always switch back. But inbox is like the radical simplified Gmail. That's still what I prefer to use. So even though, yeah, I like some of the features on, I mean, all the features that the new Gmail has with the exception of the new predictive type that they're going to have. So you can just start typing on a message and it'll start predicting what you're going to say uh, with whatever percent accuracy. That is not on inbox, but uh, yeah, I still think inbox. Gmail, the design just was south. That was embarrassing. Yeah, it's it's a step back, and that's what I'm saying. I almost it's a, it almost seems purposeful now. Like they want to just distance themselves from. We don't we don't really care about the polish. We're we're about the the guts of this stuff and what it does. But I, I will say one one frustration um, with Google. It's funny, like you say inbox, and I go, oh yeah, inbox exists. But as a paying Google customer who uses their business stuff, it's always frustrating when I see all these new things go to everybody else for free and I don't get to Except use them the businesses. because I'm paying. You'd think I'd be the first one to get access to these yep. things, but I can't use inbox because uh, I pay, you know, I use the paid Gmail. 
um, which you know it's well, now G Suite used to be. I I use it on G Suite. Inbox is available. Uh huh. See, I stopped looking. I think you sometimes you just have to go into the admin, and um, you have to en- enable it. Yeah. Like a dev mount, I had to ask someone like, "Hey, could you enable the new Gmail? Could you enable the new calendar design?" Because they block it off by default, and someone from like an admin standpoint has to go in and check the box saying yes, allow people to to opt in. But but it's not obvious. Like, and and at first, I know it just flat out wasn't available. Because I tried. And then you forget mm. about these things. I was all excited when their search thing came out where you could search, you know, do one search for all through all your Google products for any for something. So it's going to search Gmail, Drive, all that. Mm-hmm. But I've, it wasn't available at first if you were doing the paid apps, like, you know, Android for apps yep. at the time. And if it is, I think it is available now. I have spent a good 30, 40 minutes at least on multiple occasions trying to figure out how to enable it from the admin console. And I can't. And it's like, yes, I get I'm not an admit, I'm not like a hardcore IT guy, but again, that's kind of their core audience is mm-hmm. small businesses. So it should be a little more user friendly. And it's always frustrating when the free features go. Yeah. Or when the new features go free, but paid, you don't get it. That's just one of those small complaints. But Well, moral of the story is Google is getting very, very intelligent. And uh, it's it'll be very intriguing to see how this all rolls out and... Uh, takes effect over the next several months, several years. Uh, unfortunately, we are running out of time here. We've pretty much spent the whole show talking about Google I/O. But hey, well, when, let's when let, you're going to have that interesting of a conference, let's do it two minutes on show, just so we don't totally sweep over it. We'll just do the, the, what, what were you going to say about Facebook? Facebook's just rolling out a, uh, a, a or they're testing a. Um, a downvote button or a kind of a dislike button, very similar to what Reddit is like. I don't think it'll have like, maybe it'll have influence. I don't know. Um, I think it might just be starting on pages, not necessarily on personal accounts, um, but they're only doing it right now in, again, I'll have to double so check this Australia. It's just like, they always oh, start in like in like yeah. weird countries and then it'll they'll never, and then sometimes it never even makes it to, uh, here's what I'll say is I wish if they're going to do, if they're going to keep making Facebook more cluttered then then just at least with the other company you own, Instagram, go the opposite direction there and just keep it simple. Like if you want to have your, okay, that's what bugs me. You know, they're, they're cluttering everything. Instagram is terrible now, mm-hmm. especially I, it's unused to me. It's almost completely unusable ever since stuff is not in order of time. I do. Yeah. I hate it. It's, I find my, I, and I, their stats have to show people like me using it far less. Well, what they are seeing, I can't remember the exact numbers, but, um, I believe that more people than not are almost using stories exclusively. Yeah. Um, so they're just kind of going cause stories are still like newest to oldest and they just go and then they draw so much attention being there and they're all highlighted and you kind of have like that. It's, it's the same type of, you know, OCD type behavior where you have to get all the notifications cleared out on your phone for you to feel like, okay, now I can put my phone down and, and people don't like having those rings around the photos. Like I got to watch the stories and they go through those and then that's it. Uh, they kind of ignore the feed because sometimes, and now they're like suggesting, like I'll see posts from someone's like, who the heck's this? And it's like, Oh, suggested user based on other people you follow. It's like, well, I don't want to follow them. Um, but yeah, yeah I it's, I don't like stories. It's interesting, but it's all about, I mean, it's just turning into a paid type thing. Like the more you can make it. So it's not 
newest to oldest. It's easier for companies to shell out more cash to make sure that they're at the top. But then you hit problems. Well, but so there's that, and then then the other thing was just uh, Steam, right? Steam. Yeah, the link um, now or I think now available on uh, iOS no, I think and the Android. 21st. Or yeah, soon. May twenty first. But yeah, all of your uh, Steam games you'll be able to access from your phones, which that'll uh, change gaming. We're not yeah, we're not going to spend any time on this, but it it is technically a pretty big uh, announcement. That Steam big. available streaming. It's big. It's big because it it did you see makes you, you wonder how long uh, people will be. This affects people developers putting games on like in the Android store in the Play Store. You know what I mean? Because now why do that when you can just have people download the, that same game on Steam where they're going to pay more for it because people tend to pay more for games through that service mm -hmm. and they don't want to pay more than 99 cents for a game through the App Store. So it's going to be, I think if it works, it'll take a year, maybe two or three, but it'll change mobile gaming quite a bit. Yeah, did you say an exact release date? I thought I read May 21st. Oh, May 21st, yep. yeah. So we'll have to uh, test yes. it out and then... You have to have a 5G, 5 gigahertz network connection or wired. Mm. So that does limit, I guess, the phone like, that will be able to use it. I mean, I guess you could always just be on a Wi-Fi yeah. and play. That's true. I, that's funny. I read that today, but it didn't hit me until just now. That actually limits quite a bit the number of people that can really truly use that. That is true. Yeah, we'll have to test that out. And uh, Oh, yeah, and that was the other thing we'll quick hit on is from the update that Google is making their Google News much more intelligent, uh, kind of a big hit to how Facebook does their news. Like, here's what's trending. And Twitter kind of does the same thing. Like, here's the top stories. You can click in it to get more. It'll be more. I mean, I'm sure Google will do a much better job at tailoring it to you. My worry in all of this, and we're seeing this with all these different social networks allowing you to like block certain people or not get news from these sources. Uh, my worry is that people will start creating these bubbles around themselves where it's like, I only want to get news from this, this, this. Yep. Um, and then you're never really seeing the other side. And even oh, yeah. if it's just like, like, I don't know, it's just good to see the headlines of whether it's politics or whatnot. Like the headline at least causes you to think for a second versus, oh, I never heard that. Oh, that's because you basically just built your own China yeah, and an you're only chamber. getting news I mean, from and, your three it's sources. It's, it's hurting. What was the website that was, uh, it tried to be Drudge Report, but show both sides and you could click. There was like oh, a that switch. was uh, 180 News, I think. 180 News, is that still around? It was basically Wasn't a link, that? like an aggregated news website, but you click the link at top and it shows you, you know, what it considered. 180report.com. Oh, we're sorry. 180report.com is temporarily closed. Oh. Um, thank you for your support. Bring you news from both the left and the right perspectives. We're in a working. world where nobody wants to think. We'll notify you as soon as we're back in action. Survive. That's interesting. Wasn't Glenn Beck behind that or he just I don't think so. mentioned it? No. I have no idea who was behind that. But yeah, it was interesting. And it shows you the bias on... You can just like see the same stories with totally different headlines, focusing on two totally different things. But... Yeah, it's interesting because I, I understand, like, I love Google Assistant News because it curates stories that are interesting from for me, but I also like how it still, sh I don't really limit the sources, like, yeah. it'll show from a variety of sources, even some publications where I typically don't like to read, uh, they might have an interesting story, but what I hate is the ability for people to be like, I don't want to ever read stories 
from this publication, which you can do in Google Assistant already. But yeah, I think there's a lot of cons. Well, and then it's kind of on those the publications to do really what their constitutional duty is, and that is to report the news as opposed to try to sway you one way or the other. But yeah, you read five articles from one side about a topic, and then you read the other side, and it, it makes you think you go, oh man, they really spun that differently. But none of us want to admit that things are hard to think about. So we like to live in echo chambers because it's like, ah, I just want to hear it. I just want to get my side reinforced because it's comforting, you know? Life's not comfortable. Yeah. True that. We're, uh, uh, so that kind of, that's my only worry, man, is all this AI was so legit, so good that it worries me that in the state we're in, we're just going to reinforce a lot of our own bad habits. But hopefully, in a way, I can see this also breaking us out. Um, Who knows? We'll see. Well, uh, yeah, so that's, I guess we'll wrap up our show today. Android P was obviously a big thing, but there's a lot to talk about on Android P. I actually just downloaded the, uh, not developer preview, the beta is available for a lot of different phones. Obviously, Google Pixel phones, the Essential phone. Uh, we've got the Nokia 7 Plus, Sony Xperia X27 II, Vivo, a lot of different phones. So you can just type in Android P beta if you're using an Android phone. No Samsung phones are listed, obviously. Um, but, uh, usually when I download these, I always have a lot of glitches so far in the 24 hours that I've been using it, it's been smooth and, uh, it's a pretty cool, uh, update with a, a lot of people are saying this is Android's biggest change so far. It's not really like in, incremental that they made a lot of design changes, the way it functions, a lot of really cool features that, uh, Apple can definitely take note of, but we'll talk more about that next week. I'll kind of have more of my hands on thoughts uh along with what everyone's talking about with that so uh that's a little preview no name yet though right no one knows that they were hoping that they were gonna say what the p stood for but so next week we can talk about uh android p and uh pixel 3 watch have you heard those rumors i have not but i will look into that now evan blass leaked it today i'll have to check that out next episode stay tuned Well, thank you so much for listening to this show. This was episode five. If you're listening on iTunes, please take 30 seconds. If you haven't already, leave the show a good review. It really helps a lot on iTunes to, you know, spread the word and get us some more listeners. Uh, If this is your first interaction, your first listen for the Tech Audit TV podcast, I strongly encourage you to check out the main show on YouTube by simply searching Tech Audit TV on YouTube, or you can just go youtube.com slash TV. I'd also love to hear your feedback on the show. And uh, if you have feedback, if you have questions, topic suggestions, anything, uh, you've heard them before in previous episodes, we always look out for the mail. You can email us directly at techaudittv at gmail.com. So until the next episode, enjoy your week. We'll talk to you next time.